Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. It is 95.7 The Game, and it is Warriors this week. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, we're with you here for the next three hours. 888-957-9570. Whitey, my man, good to be with you. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. Hope you had a great one with the family. And uh, back here to talk some Warriors basketball. The Warriors back at 500 for the first time in a long time. you got to go all the way back to four weeks ago today. The last time the Warriors were 500 following the loss in overtime in Charlotte, which was the beginning of the five-game losing streak and the the 0-5 road trip that that saw them dip all the way down to 3-7. since. Still a, a home and road disparity, Whitey, yeah. where this team's 9-1 and one at home and 1-9 and nine on the road. But all in all, I think they've got to be pretty happy about being 10-10. Ten and 10. Does that sound right? What the what? Yeah. I mean, things definitely trending in the right direction. And speaking of the holiday, J.D., I think you'd appreciate this. I think most Warrior fans would appreciate that. Watched the game last night. Had uh, my wife's family over. So we were watching the game in um, in our living room with my wife's families, my mother-in-law, her, my wife's sister and, and her husband and their son. Anyway, the group that we had, we hadn't watched a game together, a Warrior game in that particular room for a long time, I'm sitting there and I realize, I look around and go, does anyone remember the last time this group watched a Warrior game in this room? And my everyone's like, no. And my nephew's like, I think I remember. It was 2016. It was game seven of the... Oh. Yeah. So it's like, oh, oh, thanks for bringing that up. So things were a little, you know, dicey when Utah came back, but obviously it was a very nice win and I'm sure we're going to spend a lot of time today talking about the reasons why. But to your point, uh, isn't it funny to see Steve Kerr, the coach of a team that's won Four championships, like we're at five hundred now. Yeah, this is a lot better. <laughs> no, yeah, no doubt. And you look at the where the Warriors came from to to get to that point, and I think you understand why they're happy about yeah. it. I think the other part is just scanning the the NBA standings right now. We can leave the Eastern Conference out of it because I do think there are a couple of teams, you know, Boston and Milwaukee that that would have been able to to garner a little bit of separation if if they were playing in the West. But I'd look at the Warriors right. Now now at 10 and 10 they they still would not even be a play-in team in the western conference today uh, but they're only three games out of the top spot so the suns are 12 and 6 the warriors are 10 and 10 there are 11 teams right now that are 500 or better including the warriors but 
most of them no more than two, three games above 500 at this stage. And so the Warriors find themselves right there in the race with the bar to be a top three, maybe four team in the West, seemingly lower than it was a year ago, which I think makes the Warriors pretty dangerous as they continue to figure out what works for them in this in this young season. Yeah, we, we know that fan perception colors our interpretation of the results dramatically. We know that. Uh, I mentioned that because I happened to check the Salt Lake Tribune today online, and their lead story for last night's game was, should Warrior, should, excuse me, should Jazz fans be worried after last night? The Jazz well, are sticking. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're 12 the, the and answer, 9. Yeah. Well, they, they, but, but they're 12 and 9, but the answer is yes, because they were expected to be, I think, 27 and, and 50, yeah. whatever. And, mm-hmm. and so they are trending, I think, a little bit that They don't play defense, and especially transition defense. And I think you know, that that's going to make it hard for them, assuming they want to. I know they were in the Wimbayama mm-hmm. sweepstakes, at least in everybody's mind, coming into this season. But I, I don't know. My read on Utah is... The, the moment they dip even a little bit below 500, they're going to start selling off players to the point where they don't even necessarily want to be in the top top 10 of yeah. the Western Conference. One of the things that's cool about this team is you watch them play, and they, you know, they don't have really superstars. They traded away their big names. But it's like they know it. It's like, yeah, we're just going to do what we can. And they, they're very, they play very free and easy uh, and a very um, democratic style. I mention that because it's not a bad team right now. And the bottom line is, you know, we're not going to spend all day talking about the Jazz, obviously. I think that was a really, really nice win for a lot of reasons. You beat a team that had been playing well, but you should beat that team at home. The defense trending in the right direction. Um, I think the Warriors right now, defensive rating, J.D., and you probably know, I think they're 22nd, but field goal percentage against now, they're 10th. So it's like, okay, some positive signs. Um, the bench is, was productive last night. It looks like Steve Kerr has found um, the key to a couple of combinations. Draymond leading the second unit. He's kind of stabilized things. But I, the big story last night to me was Clay, and I think it was last week, you and I talked about how well Clay had played since the big elephants in the room meeting, but we both said, as I recall, hey, the, the real test is what happens when he has one of those nights when the ball isn't going in. And last night it wasn't, and he still stayed patient, let the game come to him, had a big third quarter. So that was a real positive last night in my mind. Yeah, and the Warriors overall now, Whitey, 4-1 and one since mm. the elephants in the room team meeting, which apparently was, was led by Draymond Green, and we learned a little bit more about that this week. I was filling in. Yeah, I heard. I know you've been filling in throughout the week. We have Bob Myers on. I was filling in for Guru. Yeah. And, and Bob Myers said, hey, Draymond came to me and said, I want to I want to address the team. And and Bob said, OK, well, what do you want to say? And, and, and Draymond <laughs> laid it out. And Bob said, all right, I think that's OK. Like Draymond Green has been right in the middle of this. But to your point about Clay, yeah, that's four straight effective games different levels you know the one explosion in houston a couple of solid games last night i think was the first game where where he didn't shoot 50 percent but still got to 20 and and for the most part he took a couple of shots late but for the most part it wasn't like he had to take 20 or 25 shots it was he was comfortable in the in the 12 to 15 shot range ended up with 16 and that is a level that the warriors can win a lot of games with him playing at 
And I think it's a really, really good sign. It sounds like Draymond's message to Clay hit home to the point where he made the adjustment to his game, and it's now been consistent over these last four that he's played in. And, oh, by the way, Whitey, the Warriors now winning all four of those games that he's played in. Yeah, uh, and I thought it was interesting. By the way, I heard uh, parts of the interview uh, that you and Steiny did, and it was it was magnificent. It was really interesting. You guys did a great job, and, yeah, we learned a lot in that interview. I thought it was, um, to me, it was significant that Draymond after the game last night, after the big win, went back to the meeting. It's like, hey, you know, that meeting was important. And to me, you know, I could be wrong, but to me, it was like, hey, you know that meeting I called was really good, guys. <laughs> you know, and I don't blame him. It was, but for him to bring that up again, I thought that was significant. I know you and Steiny uh, have talked about Draymond and his role as a leader. Has it, you know, been shifting since the punch? And I think we've seen since the meeting, Draymond's role, he's kind of reemerged and reestablished himself as, all right, I'm still that guy that's going to stabilize us. He's done that with the second unit. And I think calling that meeting, he's also been, he's had a major role in stabilizing this Warrior season after that, you know, somewhat uh, concerning start. No, I, th- I think he's been right in the middle of, of all of it, really. Yeah. I mean, he calls the meeting. I think the, the biggest elephant in the room that the Warriors had going back to the meeting was Clay Thompson's play and Clay Thompson's shot selection more than anything. Yep. I mean, Clay was playing selfishly. I think everybody knew it, but nobody wanted to say it. And Draymond, it sounds like, said it. And, and Clay was receptive to it, I think, because it came from one of his future Hall of Fame champion level brothers. And mm-hmm. so Clay made the adjustment and that's fixed Clay. Now he's involved in the second unit, which has been one of the other big problems for the Warriors. How do they just get that second unit to 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 hold serve? Forget about winning or enhancing, but just to not get crushed as they had been in, in so many of these games that the Warriors had lost, Whitey. And now here's Draymond playing with that group along with Andrew Wiggins and others but but basically Draymond has become the stabilizing force with that group so in a sense you could make the case that Draymond Green over the last week and a half has helped the Warriors fix their yeah. two biggest problems mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that I mean it's, it's pretty incredible when you think of how much Draymond going back to training camp was was sort of cast aside for the punch yeah, you're right. I agree 100%. And in addition to that, just as far as last night went, in addition to all of that, you know, he took nine shots last night and he made six of them. And he didn't have a big night on the boards, but he had five assists, six and nine from the floor. So he's playing well, too. And I do think there's a, just watching them, you can tell that some of that disconnect, whatever it was, and we think we know some of the reasons, we can only guess at others, but whatever some of those underlying issues were that were causing the disconnect between the youngsters and the veterans and Jordan Poole and Draymond, whatever it was, it looks like they smoothed a lot of that out. And I, I agree, it's pretty clear Draymond deserves a lot of the credit for that. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason here. It's Warriors this week on a Saturday, as always, on 95.7 The Game, as we're going to be with you until 1 o'clock. Love to keep this show as, as interactive as possible yeah. with the callers and the texters uh, on the Xfinity mobile text line as well. And, yeah, I think you, know, you could make the case... You know, like we were just talking about that Draymond has been right at the center of, of this this warrior shift. And I think it's it's interesting because it, it starts to make me wonder, do you have to change your tune about 
just how you view Draymond Green's future with this mm-hmm. this Warriors team. I think a lot of the time it was, well, it's time to move on from Draymond. Draymond is, you, know, you hear this from fans, he's going to be the, the guy that doesn't age well. His, his personality is causing problems for whether it's the development of the young players, just the, the general harmony surrounding this team. And I think what we've seen through the last week, Whitey, is... Actually, Draymond Green is still pretty important, and I would even say more than pretty important, necessary to be, uh, if this team wants to contend for and win championships, I I feel like his demise has been a little overly stated, uh, I think, at at this point with this Warriors franchise. I know a lot of fans, they go down the pathway of, well, the young players, whether it's Wiseman or Kaminga or somebody's going to be there to take Draymond's spot in short order. That's the plan. There is nobody waiting in the wings to take Draymond Green's spot right now. If anything, those young players even farther away from having the, the potential to do it. I know Steve Kerr has addressed there was the, the, the interview that with Ramona Shelburne that you know the, the run is coming to an end in the in the final stages as far as the, the Hall of Famers and, and championships and, and all of that with this core group. But I, I think Draymond's got to be a part of it if you want to continue it, and that may even lead down the path toward beyond this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. By the way, Draymond last night, classic Draymond, very very funny unless you're an official. Uh, You could hear him when he got hit in the face one time and knocked down, there was no call, and you could hear him yelling, please call a foul! Please call a foul! Yeah, and then uh, he was called for an illegal screen later on, which I thought was a good call, Um, but you could see him mouthing the official, that's a bad call! That's a bad call! So Draymond certainly was, um, I think his intensity a time or two in recent weeks has been questioned. He was bringing it last night. I think, J.D., to, to your point, I think what it may come down to a lot of it depends on what happens with the team and how he plays the rest of the way. But is he going to be willing maybe to give the team any kind of uh, financial considerations to remain a part of the team? I still think that'll be a key to keeping him around. And I think they would love to do that. I think it's going to hinge on whether Draymond is going to be, nope, I want to get mine. Or if he's going to be, yeah, I want to stay here. We can work something out. Well, it's interesting because the the Warriors, I feel like, or, well, I think Draymond's making his case essentially to the Warriors right now that that yeah, this is why you need to pay yep. me yeah. a premium. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's because this thing doesn't function in a way without me holding it together. Like Steph can be uh, an MVP level as he has been through the first. 20 games or 18 games that he's played. Steph's been an MVP level player. I don't think anybody would dispute that. Maybe playing better than he has at any point in his career, which mm-hmm. is just remarkable when you when you think about him doing it at, at this age and not slowing down at all. But without the events of the last week and without Draymond starting to fuse together some of these issues that that have really plagued the Warriors, it wouldn't matter that Steph was playing at that level. Like this team still couldn't win with Steph playing at that level if it's not for Draymond, if it's not for the other pieces starting to to come together a little bit. And I think in a way we may be seeing why Draymond was so frustrated or in in feeling a little bit disrespected let's say that that he wasn't getting the the credit for sure. the things that he brings to the table and maybe that led to some of the frustration that 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 led to the punch as wrong as it was yeah i, I that would certainly make sense i just think from what we know and i agree with everything you're saying and draymond's proven his point 
Uh, and I don't know that he could do much more to, to make a stronger argument. And I don't even know what kind of flexibility you have when it comes to that because Draymond can, well, he could opt out, right? And then you can work something out. But I still think given what we know about the luxury tax situation with the Warriors and the guys that they are paying, I have a hard time seeing how they could say, Draymond, you're right, you deserve it, we're going to give you a max extension and then still fit everybody in. I, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm not saying he's not important, but financially, something has to give. And to me, um, once we get there, and of course, we, you know, we got a long ways to go and he's playing great right now. Um, I, I just don't see how they can fit everybody in, including him with a, an extension. But we don't have to worry about that now. Well, let me be clear. I'm, I, I don't think he should get a max extension for, for the level that, that, that he's playing at. But I, I do think there is a, a window or a pathway, or at least there could be. There should to, be. You're right. There certainly to, should be. To something less than yeah. that, yeah. but still maybe close to what he's making now over an, an extended period of time. Whether if he opts out next year and then it ends up being a, a two- or a three-year deal, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. he opts in and you kick the can down the road. I, I think at this point, the Warriors would love, and this can change, and, and maybe it's it's changed already once this season, but I think at this point the Warriors would love for him to opt in if they're going to continue mm-hmm. to play at the level that they that they yeah. played at. It just gives them the cost certainty of knowing where things stand and, and not having to make a decision to move on until maybe that decision is made for you. Like That decision could be made for the Warriors even if he opts in come the spring and summer of 2024 and in the spring and summer of 2024 it becomes an obvious decision right now i'd be really worried about this team if draymond green opted out said deuces like they wouldn't have nearly enough to contend for anything at at this point in time without him playing and playing at the level that he's playing at forget about what steph's doing and steph's been great or clay thompson's turnaround which i give clay credit for but i'm also giving draymond some credit for clay's turnaround because draymond had the guts to look at clay and tell him knock it off which is what we were screaming about for a month yeah leading up to that point yeah no i i think you're absolutely right and i also think one of the keys to the fact that the warriors are stabilized here is for now anyway that i think steve kerr has convinced everybody we can't win with the young guys right now and it's not to say this is a disaster a terrible idea we shouldn't have done it but you know steve kerr's point is moody can't help us right now uh james wiseman can't help us right now hopefully come in can find something, but the fact that the Warriors were able to acknowledge that in the short term we're better off without relying on those guys, and we can't just keep throwing them out there and hoping you know something clicks, uh, I think that's a big key to this too. You look at like Walker Kessler last night, and he's a rookie and he's playing really well for for the Suns, uh, excuse me, for the Jazz, pardon me, for the Jazz. Yeah. Um, and, and the Warriors just, their young guys just are nowhere near for whatever reason. They're not there yet, and so they just had to come to terms with that and say, okay, these guys can't help us now so we can't rely on them so who's going to step up and I thought you know not necessarily related to the youngsters I, I know we got to get to the phones here but I thought Jamichael Green's minutes were really productive last night too JD yeah he, he was and I think they've they've put him in a in a better role uh, yeah I, I think lately I think even Jonathan Kaminga I mean you look at the the specifics of the new rotation with Draymond playing now with the, the second unit at the beginning of the second and the, and the fourth quarters mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and DiVincenzo's out there and Poole's out there and, and Wiggins is, is out there 
And you look at that, and it's who's going to be the fourth. Is it going to be Lamb? You know, it, maybe it is going to be Lamb. But but to take Draymond out at the end of the first and the third quarters, that's been a nice little short window for Kaminga to play these three four minute bursts, bring energy. I thought Jonathan Kaminga had his best game of the season maybe last night, and he didn't take a shot, mm-hmm. which. Uh, we were joking about it on the post game last night. Uh, had a couple of texters that said, "Hey, Steve Kerr really loved just from listening to his post game press conference. Really loved that Kaminga didn't shoot." <laughs> and like you could, and, and then Draymond spoke glowingly of of Kaminga, and Kaminga didn't shoot. And, it, and it's and so I think even a guy like Kaminga, who's been, you know, why isn't he playing more and and, and that sort of thing? You know, last night was really the first time I thought Steve Kerr put him in a position where he played his first shift and Kerr wanted to play him another shift. Like it, yeah. it felt like that was almost a little bit of a mini turning point for Kaminga last night where he played and then actually earned that second shift or even more than a second shift, uh, which which is a, a, a mini step that I jotted down. Yeah, I've always said that the bad shot is the blood relative of the turnover, and the Warriors put it differently. They just call them shot turnovers. You take a really bad shot, they call it a shot turnover, and I think he's been guilty of a lot of those, and last night, he was not guilty of any of those, and he had uh, three rebounds, but I I know you're aware of it. Steve Kerr talked about it last night. You were probably in the room when he did. Uh, Steve Kerr says, I can split up Draymond and and Steph now in a way that before I couldn't do it, it would be damaging, and right now, the way Steph's playing, he doesn't have to be with Draymond. The way Draymond's playing, he's stabilizing uh, uh, the 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 younger players in the 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 second unit. So he's got that luxury now. Steve Kerr does at least for right now, being able to split up uh, Draymond and Steph, and and not really experiencing any damage because of that. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's get to the phones. Let's go to Chef Amy. Chef Amy is up first here on ninety five seven. The game. Hello, guys. How are you doing today? Doing Good. well. Yeah. Great. Hey. I was wondering, I've been thinking a lot about uh, Dante DiVincenzo, and I think he is, am I crazy or are people sort of underrating his uh, contribution to the Warriors? Because not that he's like GP2 exactly, but he kind of brings to me, my opinion, like a really good energy when he's on the floor. And I'd like your take on that. Yeah, thanks for the call. Yes, the, the short answer is yes, Whitey. They love playing him with Jordan Poole. He does bring an energy. He's a, he's a good passer. I know we've talked about it. I always make the point. He is a little erratic sometimes offensively when it comes to shot selections, uh, shot selection and turnovers from time to time. But he's been somebody that I think the Warriors were really going to be dependent on as as a glue player in between the championship core and the young players. And I don't think it's a coincidence, Whitey, when we start to look at well, what kinds of things have changed for the Warriors. I mean, DiVincenzo coming back coincides with these last nine games, or nine of the ten. They're, they're seven and three in the last ten. He's been back for the last nine of them in that bench role, and the Warriors are six and three in those in those nine. I think the, the player that Chef Amy is seeing is the player that the Warriors were hoping that he would be, and I think we're seeing more and more of that. I don't think DiVincenzo is ever going to be as impactful as Peyton was last year, but I think he's more versatile than Peyton. So don't get me wrong. I mean, Peyton last year was unbelievable defensively and yeah, some of dominant. his shooting. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not saying he's that DiVincenzo's better, but he can do more things. Like last night, he had five assists, and I think he's continuing to find his game and 
feeling more comfortable in his role. He made a big three last night. So, yeah, I think the Warriors, you know, DiVincenzo to my eye, J.D., initially you didn't, he got off to kind of not a very good start, then he got hurt, and I think now they're seeing the player that they assumed and hoped he would be when they when they signed him. Yeah, he's a different player than yeah. Peyton for sure. And yeah, Peyton was so good at knocking down the corner three last year, and he was he was really I mean picking up full court, uh, one of the best just on ball defenders or overall mm-hmm. defenders in the, in the league. Really, I mean, yeah. especially for for a bench guy. So it is different. But you know the other the other rat on the table or elephant in the room, Whitey, when you <laughs> when you look at at the Warriors is and and I think DiVincenzo plays into this. It's the fact that part of the Warriors figuring it out, it's, yeah, Steph is, has been Steph and Draymond's on the second unit and the defense has been a little bit better, at least at home, and all of these different things. Clay's figured it out because Draymond came at him. The other thing, though, is the Warriors have basically ditched playing the young guys again. Yeah. And you know, for the most part, and I know Kaminga did get some time uh, last night. We pointed out the fact that it, you know, I thought he played well, even though he didn't take a shot. It sounds like Draymond and Kerr thought he played well, even though he didn't take a shot. But Wiseman's in Santa Cruz, essentially, for a good chunk of this this winning streak. Moody is pinned to the bench, and Jonathan Kaminga's basically playing a couple of three, four-minute shifts a half, sometimes not even both halves, and that's added up to the Warriors having by far their most success of this this young season. Yeah, it gets back to what Draymond had said and the veterans had said, we can't win this way, and I I, I understand the, the plan going forward, and, and it's not to say that these guys are busts or that they can't find it, but right now, you know, the coach is he clearly is like, these guys aren't helping me. I can't play them right now. I can't work about their development right now. So, yeah, that's one of the things that's... It's kind of... I, I hope no one takes this the wrong way, but it reminds me, J.D., in a way of what happened when Wiseman got hurt, which was very unfortunate. Remember how well they played after he got hurt because it was a matter yeah, of... 15 oh, and 5. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying uh, yeah, that's how bad he was. It just they realized, all right, this is what we're doing now. So now well, the, we're not worried about the young guys right now. Hopefully they'll find it. But right now we're trying to win, guys, so we don't need to worry about their development. And I think the team is giving a more focused effort as a result. No, and, and along those lines, I mean, last year, and, and again, I, I don't mean this to come off as a, as yeah. a slight either, but, but last year, the Warriors benefited from the fact that, that they really didn't have to worry about playing Wiseman at any point. Yeah. It was, oh, he's coming back, he's coming back, and, and, and eventually, he, you know, the dates by which he was coming back kept getting kicked back to a point where they said, you know what, we're not even going to put it on the kid to try and mm-hmm. fit himself into this team that's got a chance to win a championship, and there was just never... There was never a pressure for him to really be a part of it. There was a little bit of a pressure for him to be a part of it in those first 10 games. It didn't work. He found himself not playing, I think, after the 10th game and then sent down, obviously, for the last week and a half. We'll see what the plan is coming up for him. Uh, He did did play last night in Santa Cruz. We'll get you his line coming up here momentarily. But those guys not being a part of this thing has, has... really allowed the Warriors to stabilize. Now, look, they still are going to have to be a bigger part of it than they've been to this point. I don't think that's you know, sustainable over the remaining 62 games for the Warriors to do it exactly the way they've been doing it, but they've had to, by necessity, to kind of save their season, go away from those guys. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570. It's Warriors this week. Phone calls and texts coming up right here on 95.7 The Game. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Wiggins blasting in. No look bounce to Draymond. Corner three. Got it. Draymond Green hits from the right corner. Last year when Draymond hit a three, the Warriors were 20-1 and one last season. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Draymond Green off to a stellar offensive start mm-hmm. this season, at least uh, in the last 10 games. Welcome you back inside here. Warriors This Week with John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. 888-957-9570. 13 points for Draymond Green. And he continues to play well. Six of nine shooting. He's knocked down a three, I think, in four of the last five games, Whitey. And uh, as Tim Roy alluded to going back to last season, when he is able to hit the three ball, the Warriors usually win. And they've been doing that of late as well. I remember the first time I did a, a pregame with you and, and, um, and, and Jim Barnett. We were talking about Draymond. And, you know, for years people have been saying, you know, Draymond needs to improve his three-point shooting because he was, what, 38% the year they won 73 games. For years we've been saying that, and he just struggled so mightily. It looked like it just wasn't to be. This year, I know it's very early, but he's, he's hitting 35% of his threes. And to me, he's shooting it with a lot more confidence. Doesn't always look great. Sometimes it's still flat, and he still looks like he has a backpack on when he shoots it. But he seems to have <laughs> relished the opportunity more in certain situations. I mean, 35% for Draymond from the three-point line, that that's really that's really going to help the offense when, you know, when they leave him give him so much uh, room to shoot so often. He's been more aggressive too. Yeah. I, I think in in not necessarily looking to shoot the three, although he'll he'll take won a game, I think, in, in some games. But I think he's been more aggressive in trying to attack the basket and, and trying to finish uh, better, which which can help as well. And so I, I think, yeah, I, Draymond, it always was curious to me. I, I think the Kevin Durant acquisition is really what shut down Draymond Green's offense. I think at, at that point when the Warriors added Durant, and they had Steph and Clay in their prime, and they had Durant in, in his prime. I think Draymond almost said, you know what? 
I, I don't even I, I think he just stopped working on his offensive game in terms of scoring and thought my job's just going to be to be a, a, a defensive player of the year type of stopper and to keep the ball moving and to push mm-hmm. the pace and, and to be the pseudo point guard and you know what teams are going to dare me to shoot but we've got these other three Hall of Fame scorers and so I'm, I'm just not going to take the bait and I think his his offensive game regressed during that time to where it looked like it was on a on a path after the 15 and the and the 16 seasons to to where he could be a a capable offensive player and now finally it seems like maybe he's starting to get that back a little bit 8.2 points per game shooting as i said 35% from the three point line 59% from the floor so 8.2 points, J.D., on... He's taken six shots a game. So, you know, when you look at the other w- weapons, so to speak, on the team, if Draymond's going to shoot the ball, he's got to be really efficient. And he's been highly efficient offensively so far this year with seven assists per game as well. 888-957-9570. Let's get back to the phones with Bobby in Oakland here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Bobby. Bobby. What's going on today, man? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Good, good, good show as always. Hey, it was good to see the way the Warriors um, are starting to turn it around. You hope you see it go on the ro- on the road and take that momentum uh, with the changes made. But I gotta say, man, I, I, I'm feeling for these young guys, man. I, I don't see them ever thriving under Steve Kerr. Under it's a highly restrictive office, which rightfully so, built around Steph, Draymond, and Clay. But the only way you can get better defensively is by playing. And I understand the paranoia of mistakes and so forth, but they all have gifts to bring offensively. And it's just a matter of just, I wish they would have played them beginning of the year, but I think it's almost, maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe it's almost too late because their mindset is probably, who knows where their mindset is. Are they going to get pulled out every time a mistake is made? And but I, I, more for this, if someone gets hurt, I, it would have been nice to have them play so they can really step in and contribute, but we'll see how it turns out. I mean, I wish it for the best. I'm a big Warrior fan, but I just, I'm honest, I've just been disappointed the way Steve Kerr has used these young guys. So that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, th- thanks for the call, Bobby. I, I, I don't think Bobby's alone, Whitey. I, I just think it got to the point where the plan was to play them. The plan was to carve out. 10 or 15 minutes a game for Wiseman and maybe 15 to 20 for Kaminga. And I think Moody was going to have a, a role. But when they got the opportunities, they, they played so poorly and the Warriors just could not find any combination that worked for all of them to be playing. And they just they, they weren't going to win any games doing it. So I think they had to hit stop and say, we have to not play these guys. Otherwise, the season's going to get completely off the rails. And to this point, that change has worked. I also don't think, I really don't think it's a matter of young players unable to thrive under Steve Kerr. I really do think, Whitey, it's it's more about the specific circumstances. If, if Steve Kerr was coaching this team and it was the 1920 team and Steph was out and Clay was out and they had these young players and the Warriors were essentially the Pistons or the Rockets or whoever. We've made that, that comp a few times. Orlando. I think they would would grow and get better in those circumstances. So I, I, I don't necessarily think it's it's on Kerr as much as it is. You just can't win with these guys playing the level that they originally anticipated them playing. Yeah, it's it's uh, going to be a topic for through this season as long as it lasts. And a lot of people, as you say, uh, feel the same way Bobby does. And Draymond, again, I know you're there, uh, probably there, J.D., but Draymond addressed it last night 
when he said, look, most of the times young guys like this, they're on teams that suck. And, uh, you know, be, the point being they get that chance to play. That said, as far as individual players, um, if you just take Wiseman's numbers and you look at them and you said, here's this guy, he was the second pick in the draft, what do you, what do you think? And you just looked at his raw numbers, you'd say, that guy's pretty good. But, you know, he's struggled so much defensively, they haven't been able to keep him on the floor, and he's just, he doesn't have much of a feel yet for the pro game. Kuminga, similar thing, where he just didn't, you know, didn't play college basketball, and he's still learning how to play, uh, and he's learning how to play in this system, which is different from the way he learned how to play basketball. So that's understandable, and hopefully they can they can figure it out. The one that surprises me is Moody, because he played in college basketball, and he seemed, even as a rookie, to have a kind of an advanced sense of of how to play and the fact that he's not playing I'm sure there are very good reasons and I still think he's a really good player but the fact that Moses Moody is one of those guys now who can't get uh, on the floor it just surprises me JD yeah it really has surprised me and I know turnovers and fouls have yeah. been part of the reason that Steve Kerr's explained he also mentioned Moody more as a guard he he and and maybe this was just posturing on on Kerr's spot but he said you know DiVincenzo and Poole and Steph and Clay it was almost as if Kerr was trying to explain it as well Moody's the fifth guard and the fifth guard doesn't necessarily play all the time and and typically if everybody else is healthy doesn't play at all I thought they viewed Moody more maybe as somebody that could be a three and 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 even a backup three if Kaminga was not going to be a, a backup three, which I think we, we would all agree at this point he's more of a, of a four than a three, and maybe that would be a pathway to, to getting Moody on the floor, but it it just hasn't worked. And, yeah. and I think the one way he can offset some of the problems with the turnovers and the and the fouling is if he makes shots and he just hasn't made shots consistently enough either Whitey when he's been when been out there and had opportunities. Yeah, I think he um I think, you know, he struggles with uh, some of those defensive matchups against you know, you put him on some threes and not that he's out there guarding yep. the other team's best threes, but those are tough defensive matchups for him right now. Let's go to Gabriel in Napa on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Gabriel, you're on with J.D. and Whitey here on a Saturday on 95.7 The Game. Good morning, gents. Um, same topic as everybody else. A couple quick points. You know, Steph Curry is the universe, right? He is the global star system. I, for one, would really enjoy to see somebody else take the Draymond role. It might not ever work, and it's probably Steph's choice. But, you know, Draymond, let's all remember, he's in that uh, all-important contract push, and everybody starts to get their stuff together. That's happened from time immemorial. You know, let's not forget that Draymond's a habitual line stepper. It's been a great week. Um, and then I would just reference, you know, a little bit. Oh, let me switch. On the young guys, I think it's just combinations. You know, they got to get them in with four of the vets or three of the vets and two of the youngsters. That's how they're going to learn. They're not going to learn with that full second union, in my opinion. And then back to Draymond and kind of the big picture, you know, one of the most successful franchises in this area was the 49ers, and Bill Walsh was a mother scratcher. He would let you go before it was time to let you go. And I think that that's really what Draymond is. And maybe it's a hockey trade. Trade Draymond for the guy that you're going to trade and, and sort of reset. But all hail the archangel, Steph Curry, man. That guy is one of a kind, never to be seen again. No doubt. Uh, on, on that note, no, no disagreement there. I think the contract year point is is legitimate. 
for Draymond. He wants to play well enough to be able to opt out of his contract. And to this point, I think you could make the case that, that he has been. Uh, and even after setting himself back with the punch of, of Jordan Poole. But the one thing that it is abundantly clear, Whitey, there is nobody remotely close from sniffing taking Draymond's spot or being able to plug into Draymond's spot on, on this team. Yeah, it speaks to the unique role he plays. But That's a great call by Bobby and, and, and Gabriel, too. Thank you both for the calls. Uh, Gabriel's right. I, Bill Wallace, I think, borrowed from, this goes way back to Branch Rickey when he ran baseball teams and, and his philosophy, I believe it was his, said it's way better to get rid of a guy a year early than too late. Get rid of a guy a year early, oh, oh. But you get rid of a guy too late, it's like you're really screwed. I don't know that it applies here, though, because to the point you just made, J.D., who, okay, if Draymond, yes, contract year, you can't count on this. He's older, had back issues last year. He does, you know, with the way he's always uh, stepping right up to the line, sometimes stepping over. Is he worth that risk? All right, let's get him go. Uh, let's let him go. Uh, you know what? Let's let him go. All right, then who who's going to play that role? It would take like two or three guys to do some of the things Draymond does. And I know some yeah, people... There's nobody... Yeah. There's yeah. no combination on the right. roster even if you said two or three guys, let right. alone one. There are some, you know, some some real... Some basketball people that look at Draymond and go, you know, I don't... I think maybe he's a little overrated, but it's just a matter of on this team, he's worth way more to the Warriors than he would be to, worth to any other franchise. And if he does decide, uh, you know, he wants to trade or the Warriors decide we're going to move on, it's going to be really hard. Yeah hard to replace him because it's such a unique skill set and it's so well suited to what the Warriors do. 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. It is Warriors this week here on a Saturday on 95.7. The game does the Warriors coming around here over the course of the last week and really over the course of the last three weeks. Does it change your thinking on Draymond Green at all because I think aside from Steph Curry no Warrior player has been more important in getting this thing turned around than Draymond Green from calling the team meeting to going at Clay Thompson potentially a little bit to now being a part of this second unit which has been stabilized to a point where at least in the home games it's not completely wrecking uh, some of these games and now the question becomes Whitey does any of it translate onto the road? Because as much as the Warriors and we're, we're giving them praise and rightfully so for, for getting to 10 and 10, as crazy as the 7 and 3 after the 3 and 7, really even crazier is they're 9 and 1 at home and 1 and 9 on the road. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. that, that, is, that is something that this team still a box they have to check and, and two tough games coming up here against Dallas and or against Minnesota tomorrow and then Dallas on Tuesday. Yeah, just one more point if I may about Draymond um, before we get into the schedule. And yeah, they got uh, Minnesota and I know Steiny's excited about that one because you know Coach Finch is his buddy and everything and Minnesota, Minnesota's a weird team aren't they JD? The way they have, they play two big, nobody plays two bigs. Some teams don't even play one big and they play two bigs. But anyway, um, years ago when DeMarcus Cousins was still really productive and played at an all-star level. He used to get teed up all the time and and Draymond did. And you know like Kings fans would say, "What's the difference? People pile on DeMarcus and Draymond everyone says how great he is. What's the difference?" And to me the difference has always been Draymond the bottom line with him is he does want to win. He needs to win. DeMarcus Cousins, like a lot of guys, I think he he would like to win, 
but that wasn't the guiding principle for him. There was other things going on. Draymond, everything is still based, I think, on, we want to win. I want to win. I need that foul call. And to me, that's what's made him such a unique core player for this team, and that's something that separates him from other players, some players who aren't as talented, because you got to have guys at the pro level, J.D., that really need to win. We see so many really good players who would... They'd like to win. Draymond is one of those guys, and that's why he's the heart of this team in so many ways. He desperately needs to win, and I think that's why he's been such a key to their success. Well, and he's one of the unique players in the NBA where his team being able to win adds to his yeah, adds you're right. to his value yeah, even cool. without him being a scorer. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So, so it's it's the selling point. If he's making his case to pay me, it's the fact that you can't win without me, and I think you can't win without me playing at a certain level. And look, Draymond, I thought, you know, from being in Phoenix a week and a half ago when the when the Warriors lost that game, I think that was the, that was the game where everybody looked around at each other and thought something needs to change. And mm-hmm. the meeting was a byproduct of that game in Phoenix and just how lifeless they were. I know Steve Kerb mentioned the fact that he thought they were really hanging their heads and and kind of downtrodden and didn't and, and had lost some of their fight. And you know that was also the game where where Clay Thompson was absolutely awful and and unabashed taking horrific shots and chasing his misses with more misses and mm-hmm. teams uh, the other players on the team I thought were visibly irritated you know, at at Clay and the shot selection and the way that that he was playing and so Draymond makes the call to get everybody reined in and back on the same page, and now all of a sudden it's impacting winning at the point where this team looks more competent than they have at any point here over the last week, week plus. Let me ask you this. Let's say you were one of the Warrior Insiders, okay, and you're looking at everything, and you're saying, we'd love to keep Draymond. We want to keep Draymond. What if we can't? Because he doesn't, you know, we can't work things out with him. Right now, I know we got a long ways to go here, a lot of Pete's in the box, but what's our plan? If Draymond is going to leave, what right now would be our plan to replace him? What, what would your there answer is no, yeah. There is no plan. Dude, yeah. You're telling me I have to pick somebody on the roster Well, you got to right tell me what would be your best. Again, we are all hoping we keep him. We're not going out of our way to try to replace him, but you tell me, Jay, what's the plan? What do you got? If he leaves, what do you have next up on the, on the drawing board as a replacement for Draymond? I, I got nothing. <laughs> I, he's I got, such a yeah. unique player. I mean, yeah. the Xfinity Mobile text line said, you know, I think put it put it perfectly, uh, and and I've lost the the text here because we're getting so many that are, sure. that are coming in. But it was basically forget about the Warriors. Is there anybody else in the NBA that can huh. fill Draymond's role with this Warriors team? Mm-hmm. And from the five one zero, appreciate appreciate the text there. Go, yeah. go ahead, Whitey. No, I Bam out of Bios, the only guy that comes to mind, and I you know I'm not saying there's any way you could get him, but he's the only guy who even comes to mind as something really in major ways similar to Draymond. But I agree with you. You're right. I guess, you know, they don't want to think about that, and there's ways around it, you know, because Kaminga, I still think they would love for Kaminga to evolve and develop to be a guy they could play it for. He's not going to be Draymond. We know that. Yeah. But I still Maybe think... Maybe 2025. Yeah. yeah. Wake yeah. me in 2025 <laughs> with that. I mean, again, I'm not... And, and again, I'm not, I'm not crushing Kaminga like he can't ever play, but it's just not... It's there. There's no way it's going to happen quickly enough. Right. You're to, right. To be a seamless replace, like it's just, it's just not. And I think that's where the Warriors, Whitey, are going to find themselves 
potentially having to make some tough decisions, I think, on on, on the young players because that's like again, I don't want to indict their careers, but the one thing that is becoming more abundantly clear by the day, it's the fact that that these guys are not necessarily going to be able to help this year's team really at all, in, mm-hmm. except for maybe a limited role, and mm-hmm. then and then. Does that mean you know next year's team can they be can they be role players? I mean, not if they're barely playing this year or playing less this year than they we thought they could play or they thought they would be playing. You know, compared, mm-hmm. they're, they're playing less this year than we thought. So I think we thought they'd be playing more this year, which would mean they'd have a bigger role next year. Well, right now it's almost as if we're. We, the minutes we thought they were going to play this year, you're hoping they can play those minutes next year. And I'm not even you know at this point. I'm not even going to feel confident in that right now. So, again, not an indictment of the careers, but an indictment of the ability to help this team. And we've already seen the fact that I'm just not sure this team's going to be good enough to allow those young players to play and make the mistakes that they're going to have to make to get better. And if they don't, you know, really injury, I think, is the only way they get on the floor. And if there's enough injuries to where they're getting significant minutes, then this team, we're going to be talking about them being a lottery team at that particular point in time. Here's the most impressive thing to me about Draymond this year. And Gabriel Gabriel brought up the whole issue of the contract year, which is a very valid point. I understand that and agree with it completely. But Draymond this year in a contract year, has shown that he can do things that the Warriors haven't been able to ask him to do in the past. Where, again, the fact that the second unit is a mess, what are we going to do? Let's play Draymond, see if he can stabilize the second unit. And he's done it, right? Now, he doesn't deserve all the credit. You know, the guys that are playing with him deserve it. But, wow, separating, splitting up Steph and Draymond, Steve Kerr says, I haven't been able to do that before. He's doing that. So that's not all Draymond. But again, even here, as long as he's been playing, he's showing you, look, I can do this too. Uh, So yeah, if anything, his value with the Warriors is going up this year. 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors this week here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, Let's hear a quick cut from Draymond from last night. I think you alluded to this, but Draymond was discussing the the difficult spot that the Warriors' young players are in playing on on this very team. You know, one of the things I've even spoke about with the young guys is just the tough spot that they're in. You know, Jonathan Kaminga is a seventh pick. Moses Moody's a 14th pick. James Wiseman is a second pick. Those types of guys usually are on teams that suck and they can do whatever they need to do to improve. That's not their situation. They're expected to contribute at a championship level in year one last year, in year two this year, in year one and a quarter for James Wiseman. Like, you're expected to, to contribute at a championship level. The reality is if you go find the rest of the guys around their league, this league that are their age and you try to put them in that situation, all of the guys that we're, we're all like, oh, man, that guy's doing great and he's going to be this. The reason we feel like that is because they're on bad teams and they can grow through their mistakes. There you go, Whitey. And, and the, this, these guys are just not afforded that opportunity right now. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's still, you got to, you got to, you know, produce when you get your minutes. But I, I understand because 
we we talk about it a lot that that year that gap year I and mean, Jordan Poole was terrible and you know just think if he hadn't had that opportunity just think if that to play yeah but just think if that team had been a really good team you know Jordan Poole would not he probably wouldn't even be on the Warriors anymore so I understand the point but um, I I I don't know how else you could handle it I think Steve Kerr's handling it as well as he can handle it and you know the door is still open it's not as wide open as it was but it's still open for all three of those guys. Well, and I think that the hope is, and and I sort of brush this aside, Whitey, but I think the hope is that they can get to a point with the guys that are playing right now in the roles that they're playing to where everything gets stabilized and they start winning and they push ahead of 500 a little bit and then can start to mix the hmm. young players into the limited role. Like, I, I don't think the door is completely shut on on all of them, whether no. it's Wiseman or, or or Moody, who who aren't playing now. Obviously, Wiseman's down in Santa Cruz, and or Kaminga, who's playing a real limited role. I, I think the hope is that you can win enough to get a little bit of a cushion to start giving them more opportunities that aren't opportunities due to injury or aren't opportunities you know, based on the fact that you feel like you just need to throw them out there and play, and maybe they have more success in what has been the Kaminga template, right? Like, like I think they've started to, and look, I, I, I think Kaminga had a good game last night, but they're starting to find, you know, Kaminga, hey, Kaminga can play three or four minutes a half with some of the starters, and that allows Draymond to, to separate from Steph for a couple of minutes, and it's a way where he can play a little bit, focus on the, the, the specific things the Warriors want him to focus on, be productive, and if he does that, maybe he ends up getting a little bit more time. If he doesn't, then it's then it's four to six to eight minutes a game that's not going to kill you. Like, they've been able to kind of find that with Kaminga lately. I think the hope is that they can find that with Wiseman and find that with Moody as things continue to move forward here. My master plan at this point, I know we got a break, would be if I could trade Kuminga for Jakob Pirtle, and if I had reason to think mm-hmm. I could keep Pirtle, I would do that. And if I did that and Pirtle came in, I think to a degree he would insulate me uh, from Draymond's departure. He would do some of the things, not all the things, not close to it, but if I had um, Wiseman out, Pirtle in, and then maybe, you know, maybe I can keep Pirtle and Draymond's out. I think I could be fairly comfortable with that. What? So you're saying, but you're saying Kaminga for, for, for if Pirtle? If I did, I, I said, Wiseman I meant Wiseman. I, I apologize if okay. I said Kaminga. I mean, Wiseman yeah. out, Pirtle in. If I got them confused, I apologize. No, no, no. Originally you said Kaminga, yeah. but then you, Sorry about then that. you yeah. Yeah, corrected it in the second go through. Yeah. You said, yeah, you'd have Wiseman out, but Pirtle would be on the roster and that yeah. protects you from Draymond. So I, I understand. Well, let's, let's get into that coming back. 888-957-9570. One hour down. We got two hours to come. Phone lines open. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors this week. We're with you for another two hours here on a Saturday on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.